It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Welcome to Powering Through Life on the Divas That Care Network. I'm your host, Teresa Sims, and I'm a transformational life coach, an award-winning author, and a multiple number one best-selling co-author. Each week on Powering Through Life, my guests and I will discuss a special topic that is close to their heart. Together, we will explore the challenges they have faced in life and learn what strategies and tools they have used to power through their lives. So welcome to Powering Through Life. Hey, and welcome back to Powering Through Life. Today, I have a really awesome guest with me today, and her name is Suzanne Carpenter. And Suzanne is just north of Atlanta in the USA, and I'm not 100% sure how we connected, but you know what? It doesn't matter because we are connected. And oh my goodness, our, we are going to have some amazing conversation today. Yes, we are. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Thank you for having me on. Uh, yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. Suzanne, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Okay, so um, by trade, I'm a certified nutritional consultant, which basically means that I clear up food confusion so people can win at losing weight. I realized that people have a serious problem, like women are suffering because they're frustrated and confused about what it takes to lose weight. So I developed an online program to help them understand how to do that so that when they get their weight right where they want it, they don't have to suffer anymore. Now, that's what I do. But at home, I'm a mother of four. I've been married 24 years. Like we already said, I'm just north of Atlanta. And I have this ability that at least like once a quarter, I can still turn laundry pink after all these years. That's the talent. <laughs> I tell you, I'm always like, I did it again. So I stumbled into this line of work by accident. I started out teaching first grade when I got out of college. And I've always had that ability that when I understood something complex like science, I could explain it in a way that a first grader could pick it up. And that's always served me really well. Even in my years of being a stay-at-home mom with my kids, um, just helping them through their schoolwork, and then in 2009, we hit a roadblock. You know, it's like life's going to throw you a curveball. And it's not if, really when. And I had been carrying a secret my whole life, like since I was a, and I had never even told my husband. So we end up taking a 40% pay cut in the first recession in 2009. And at the same time, I ended up in the hospital with a full bowel obstruction, spent a month in there recovering. And when I got out, we were moving to follow my husband's career. So I bumped into a direct sales company when I was going to work out. And I saw it as a way I could stay home, but I could keep my, my family on track, fill in the gaps. And while I was in that space, all of a sudden in this nutrition space, one of the doctors I was talking to said, hey, you know, you said you would die for your kids, but would you change for them? And I thought, uh-oh, because I have two girls and two boys, and I thought, I'm going to need to come to peace with the fact that I have an eating disorder 
because I can't stand the idea that I'm a day or not. I mean, I can't stand the idea that they're going to grow up and look at themselves in the mirror and talk to themselves the way I talk to myself or have a fractured relationship with food in their body like I did. And I'll tell you, that question is what changed everything and has me here on the podcast with you sharing my journey. Well, thank goodness for that doctor uh, making that statement to you, because otherwise you would have just went on and it would have been life as usual. But yes, you could have been teaching your children the wrong things. Yes, absolutely. Goodness. Oh my. Oh, so how did it work out? Well, I mean, it was tough. It was a lot of work. Ultimately, I say it worked out beautifully. But in the beginning, it was a struggle because I had these emotional things, these attachments to my integrity and my character, where once I realized I had been holding the secret, I felt like I was living kind of a half lie. And so there was a point where if I was going to seek help and fix this, I had to be willing to do something different than I was already doing. And the tension is, I was already giving life 110%. I was already showing up and doing the best that I had. There was a point in my brain where it was illogical that there could be a better way, that there could be more information. And that felt like I was falling into trust. Like I, it was just like I was free falling, hoping that this was going to work out. So I first decided that I was going to pursue this. I second practiced by writing in a journal just so that I could find a little bit of brave because I thought my bones were going to fall out if I really told the secret. I had made the shame huge in my mind. I wrote this big story about how I'd be unlovable and unlikable. So I sit down with my counselor and the dietitians, and I was paying people and they were the first people that I told. And it was really because their relationship wasn't as close to me, but I was met with love and understanding. And then they filled in a couple of knowledge gaps for me that were key about food and about exercise that let me see, because it was based in science, I could try something different and maybe have a different result. Now that took time, but it was well worth it all these years later. Yes, absolutely. And you know, nothing worth having happens right immediately. It, no. it, everything takes time because you need to really ingrain it in yourself so that it becomes a new lifestyle, a new pattern, a new habit, right? That's right. I mean, studies show it takes about 66 days to make a habit. So that means we're going to have to fail forward and do this thing bad, perfect for a while. And if we fall out of line, keep back, getting back in line and just keep moving forward and not go backwards into the old habits. Mm. That being said, one of the I did is I set up guardrails. I, I still consider myself, even after all these years that I'm recovering. So my husband knows my triggers about how I might start to punish myself with exercise or start to over-exercise or he's good to go, Here, here's what I'm seeing and pull me back in line. Good, good. You need that person. Um, luckily, you've got your husband, but I mean, if you didn't have a spouse, you would need that one particular person in your life that could stop you or say, hey, wait a minute, Suzanne, look here, this has got to stop, or I'm seeing this, or you have to have that person that's your fail safe, right? 
That's right, because we have a lot of, you know, like when the dog's out in the backyard, he's running his laps and he wears a groove in the backyard. I think our habits of our life have worn grooves and it's really easy to accidentally slip back into them when you're trying to make a new groove. And those trusted truth tellers in your life can be key for keeping you on your new path that you want to be on. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, it just, it just, you get stuck back in that habit. You can't see anything different. Oh, it's too difficult. I don't want to do that today. And you just fall back. And that hurt, that helps no one. No one. no one. Absolutely no one. So this is all uh, revolving around emotional eating. Yeah. So tell me what, and our listeners, what emotional eating is. Oh, sure. I mean, this is, this is really what we've got to tackle. Okay. So anybody can get a meal plan off of the internet or get a trainer to help them with what to eat. Uh, it's only going to last for women on average four to six weeks willpower kind of runs out. It's still a calories in calories out equation. It is kind of with exception of certain health problems. It can be a little bit black and white, but we don't do it. And why? Well, so that's where the emotion does happen. Emotions override logic. And we as humans are getting struggle. It's not if, it's just when. So when what we have to think about is, am I emotionally hungry or am I physically hungry? So as humans, we're wired to want to feel good. And this was, this was a pivotal training for me when I first started stepping out of this eating disorder was over here in your left hand, if you were to put it on the, you know, on the table, it represents like putting your hand on a hot stove. You couldn't keep it there. You'd have to pull your hand away. That's the same as extreme pain that you can't sustain, like being tortured or, or you know, something you can't hold on to. Same thing if you put your right hand on the table, that represents extreme happiness that doesn't last, like Christmas morning or the endorphins from an exercise or something like there. Now, we as humans want to move away from pain as fast as we can. And there are some things we can do that make us feel better. But since society frowns on it, we don't really do it that much. Like gambling, drinking, stealing, driving too fast, pornography, kind of don't do that or to make ourselves feel better. However, one of the ways we can make ourselves feel better and have a little endorphin rush is we can eat food. So let's say you've had a, any number of reasons that you're feeling pain. You're bored, you're tired, you have to write a hard email, there's a conversation coming you don't want, you're trapped at home, the kids are getting squirrely, you're having a difficult relationship, you're stressed. Any number of pain feelings that you wanna move away from, that would represent like say this pen on my hand. That's the emotion you're feeling. So then our body is wired to help us not feel pain so your brain probably is going to send you to go get food to increase your endorphins, your serotonin levels, make you feel better. All you know is I'm stressed and now I'm eating peanut butter and pretzels. Huh? Well, what's happening is the peanut butter and pretzels are temporarily covering up that yucky stress feeling because you're numbed out with that. The problem there is once the peanut butter and pretzels you're done eating, that food is finite, you're left with that same problem. It didn't get fixed. And now you have blood sugar going up and down, which feels bad. Your stomach might hurt, which feels bad. And more so yet, you might feel regret or shame because you didn't intend to do that, even though emotion overrode logic. This is very normal when you emotionally turn to food. One of the reasons is probably the food you've turned to is a comfort food for you probably that comfort food is something you ate when you were a child. My guess would be 
one of the five comfort foods anybody would turn to is from their childhood. Because for most of us, if not the entire childhood, at least a certain part of it, that was a time when you felt comfortable and cared for and safe and connected and somebody else was looking out for your well-being. We're actually looking to those foods to remind us of that time to soothe whatever emotional problem we're having. So to land this plane about the emotional eating, you can tell if you're doing it, if like, let's say you're working and all of a sudden you really need pretzels or chocolate chips or chips or whatever. All of a sudden it comes on like that. My bet is that you're not physically hungry, but you are emotionally hungry because you have to have a difficult conversation. You're about to get into a meeting that's going to challenge you or you are tired or whatever. And you're looking for the food as a way to crowd out that bad feeling. So if we can actually realize, whoop, this came on really fast. I'm probably looking for the food to comfort me. What do I need to be comforted from? That's when we're going to start getting into some of the solutions. Physical hunger, man, that's when you hear your belly growl. That's when you feel those knots in your stomach. And it kind of comes on gradual. And that's when we don't feel as often, to tell you the truth. But um, it's the emotional eating that is so important to start thinking about and having a conversation with yourself about. And a lot of times it happens when you're not in the throes of it. It's during the time when you, of the day when you do feel willpower, when you do feel in control, thinking to yourself, okay, I tend to blow it about this time of day and I tend to do it with this type of food. What's triggering me to go do that and find out what that answer is? What feeling are you trying to solve? Because that's the tipping point when we can get there. Yeah. And you've already established your pattern that that's the time of day that you're going to go looking for something to eat. So it becomes habitual then. And uh, yes. And, you know, also going along with, um, you know, you go ahead and you eat, like you were mentioning peanut butter. And well, for me as a child, yes, peanut butter right out of the jar, because mm -hmm. it was something I could get that would be taken away from me. And if I was having, say, liver for dinner, then I wouldn't have to eat that. <laughs> it was already full. But, but you know, it, the guilt, though, actually is something horrible that you feel once you've done, you know, you've done the emotional eating. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you realize, oh, my God, what have I done? Yes. And that's where some of the other... Uh, purging and all that other sort of things come from. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Because now you're thinking, how am I going to erase this? How am I going to undo what I just did that I didn't mean to do? See, once upon a time, I did weigh 226 pounds before I was ever pregnant. And so I know the feeling of getting dressed in the morning and not a lot of your closet fits or everything's really tight. You know, like your hair is wet on your back and you're trying to put your pants on and they don't fit right. And you feel like an underdog. I know that feeling of defeat in the morning that you have to overcome in order to go be incredible in your life. That's a hard place to start your day out. And so I'm on a mission to actually go back in and teach what we didn't learn when we were in high school that I needed to know. If I would have understood the principles of protein, fat, and fiber filling my plate when I was a girl, I don't think I would have gone my life with this eating disorder because I didn't understand what foods to pull together 
to turn off all these hungry hormones so that I could rev my metabolism, have weight loss without hunger, maintain my weight without being hungry, and then turn off all these craving clues or cues that naturally happen as a woman. And it has to do with we're just not putting the right combinations of food in our body. The thing is, it's not so hard once you're taught the right thing to do, but it needs to be based in science rather than piecemealing things together, because that's what I was doing for years, piecemealing together. And my clients and the people I work with are little pieces off the internet and piecing a program together and they're not really getting to where they're losing weight and sustaining it they're still yo-yo dieting afterward because it's however long you can do whatever goofy program you pulled together so remember that feeling when you had to study for a test and you had all those books on your desk and you were overwhelmed because a deadline for the test is coming and you're thinking what do i need to know and that stress feeling Okay, and then you know the feeling when you finish the test and you're going to the car and you can almost feel the information leaking out of your ears. It just didn't stay. Yeah. That's the visual that I have for most people when they decide that it's time to get healthy and take the weight off. And it's not about what pant size you wear and about vanity. It's about looking and feeling your very best and being healthy. But when you begin to look feeling something together, it feels so overwhelming. People stop before they ever start. And that's where I just took the superpower of I can explain science really easily and I'm pushing it out to the world because there just doesn't need to be this lack of knowledge and confusion and overwhelm around the space. I mean, there just so many people are fad dieting. It breaks my heart. I can't stand the idea that on the day somebody dies, that they're still struggling in this one area because success leaves clues, you know? I mean, if you're successful in business, in relationship, in finance, in raising kids, wherever, sports that you've had success, it's because you've used compromise and discipline to excel there. You use it in the same space here. You just, most people are missing just the core pieces because the space is so crowded and they're overwhelmed. Mm. Very good information. Oh my God, I like that. That we need to have a conversation after this recording. <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. So, what are some practical things that the listeners could do right now? Yes. Okay, let's right away just start looking on our plate for protein, fat, and fiber. I'm going to talk about fiber in just a second. We need a little bit of fat because it's decadent. It slows gastric emptying. That means you're going to be full longer. I have all the science behind me, but we need to know practically what to do. We need a little bit of fat on our plate. We need protein on our plate. Man, that tells your cravings to turn off for carbs. It also helps you feel full longer. And it protects lean muscle, which is your storage tank for carbs. We, it's like your gas tank. You want a big gas tank, not a little gas tank. Now, I'm long and lean, so eating protein isn't going to make you bulky. It's just going to retain what you have. Problem is we're losing it as we get older. So on your plate, a little bit of fat, protein, and then this is the key. We want to focus on fiber, which is part of a carbohydrate. So instead of protein, fat, and carb, we're focusing on protein, fat, and fiber. Fiber is a zero-calorie part to a carbohydrate. Your body cannot digest it. Your body will burn so many calories trying to digest it. Now, 
Weight loss is a side effect of getting healthy. So a high fiber diet is linked to balancing blood sugar, lowering cholesterol levels, reducing risk for cancer, breast and colon cancer, reducing risk for type one and type two diabetes, uh, reducing inflammation in the body. I mean, overall, this is a super unsexy nutrient that we all need ridiculously pull back into our every single day eating pattern. But fiber acts like a broom and a sponge. And if you can get your fiber starting today, up to 24 grams for the next week, your body's going to malabsorb about 100 calories, 90 to 100 calories a day. Over the course of a year, that can lead to a 10-pound weight loss. Studies show just by upping your fiber. Then the next week, as your belly gets used to it, we'll start going up to 35 grams a day. That way we're making sure we're above 25. But when you're eating fiber throughout the day and all your meals, these are spurts of cardio. Your body can't break it down, but your GI tract is burning ridiculous calories trying to. You will feel full because fiber has bulk and your skin will be clearer, your eyes will be clearer, but you can have weight loss without hunger. And when you do protein, fat, and fiber at every meal, it's going to turn off like eight hungry hormones and biology is going to be working in your favor and you're not going to have to fight as hard. Here's the thing. Let's just win the first third of the day though. Like, let's not overwhelm this thing because we can't, you know, it, it, we have to have like little practical steps. And we're, like we said before, looking to create new habits. The first part is like, let's just get the first meal of the day right. And then let's try and do it again the second meal of the day. Let's baby step our way in here. We didn't get here overnight. We're not going to get out of here overnight. And we're looking to create a lifestyle. So that's going to take time and you have time. Excellent. Oh my goodness. Yes, I definitely need to have a conversation with you, my dear. <laughs> so, uh, Suzanne, what is something you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Or what would you tell her now? Do you know, I love that question so much. And this is the one where I don't want to tear up. But this is why I developed a program called SOS, or Suzanne on Your Shoulder. I'm talking to her. I'm trying to solve her problem my younger self. I'm trying to, actually in many ways, I'm trying to rescue her from the life that she led. I, I don't want her to feel confused about food. I don't want her to feel hopeless, like food has control. I want her to feel like she understands that she's not going to have to worry about gaining and losing weight for the rest of her life. I want her to know that this is a battle that is going to end where you have a role model that's going to show you how. The whole reason I've done this is because I'm talking to that girl. And I know there's so many people like that. Yeah, there's, there definitely is. I, and I was one of those. So, um, yeah, it's a difficult conversation to have and difficult to hold. Um, you can learn something, but if you don't keep applying it, it's like using a muscle. If you don't keep using that muscle, it will atrophy. So you need to keep working at it no matter whether you think you've got it settled solved fixed whatever it has to become a lifestyle change i yes. guess in the long run yes if we have not found a pattern of eating that you can sustain and do right now that you see yourself doing when you're 70 and 80 we haven't gotten there mm. 
And so it's not about it's not about losing weight or maintaining weight and having to take out your favorite foods. It's just the opposite. It's learning. Okay, most of the time I'm going to do protein, fat, and fiber because it makes me feel really good. But knowing what are my top five favorite foods, like what really makes my chops happy, and figuring out how to work those into the success equation, not how to create a lifestyle taking them out, because that's that's no way to live. No, I, I have another friend who is um, uh, a coach for um, teaching you how to eat healthy and, you know, having a good, good love affair with food, you know, mm-hmm. a healthy scent. And I've said to her before, you know, I love to bake. I'm a baker. I have right from the word go. And today we're making bread. But, you know, I will have some. I will even have a piece of chocolate cake. Because mm-hmm. if I don't, my mind is going to bother me to the point where you have to have it, you have to have it, you have to, and then you may end up having a bigger piece, or you may yeah. end up having two, or whatever. But denying yourself, I think, is not necessarily the clearest way to go either. I, you know, small bits, I think, if you have to really have that, it's one of your favorite five things, like mm-hmm. chocolate cake is for me uh, a good chocolate cake <laughs> um, I will have some of it because if I don't I'm going to drive myself crazy it's going to be there all the time I'm going to walk past it how many times it's almost calling to me <laughs> you know those kind of things you know and that's interesting you say that because I agree with you 300 percent people have this habit myself included the old me of attaching rules to food And food is neither good nor bad. Food is just energy in, that's all, food. And so what we will do is, oh, like let's say today, I'm going to eat everything, including the whole chocolate cake, because tomorrow I'm going to be perfect for the rest of my life. I have heard that from so many people. I was that girl. I'm going to binge because tomorrow I have to be perfect for the rest of my life. Then we start that pattern of I'm going to be perfect for the rest of my life. And we, then we make rules of no more chocolate cake ever again because that food is bad. All right. So then what happens is it makes sense to skip chocolate cake forever because it's bad and it's what got me in trouble. And then instead, I'm going to overeat all these other foods trying to quelch my desire for the cake when in fact probably you ate twice what you should have trying to stuff out that craving to your point you are so much better off realizing that chocolate cake is up in my head i'm going to have three bites of this thing i'm going to have a thoughtful indulgence because i want to lose weight but i'm going to have three bites i'm going to have the first bite taste awesome that's the best bite that's the endorphin bite that you never get a better tasting bite than the first one the second best bite is the last bite that's the one that lingers so the only difference is is your middle bite going to be one Or is it going to be a hundred, which is gluttony? If you can get yourself to be like, I'm going to have a middle bite that says, ooh, I still have more coming, and the three bites and have a thoughtful indulgence, you can have your cake and you can have your waistline too. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) I love that coin phrase. That's fantastic. I like Mm -hmm. that. That's fantastic. So we have a lot of really good information in here. And I think that, uh, you know, we need to have you back again because this is a, a fantastic topic. It, it, you know, the, the individual who's listening to this, they can have their peace of mind 
and have that indulgence, but they can also learn new ways to take care of themselves so that their weight stays reasonable. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. Well, that's fantastic. I, I think this has been a really good topic. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us today? Well, um, I do have something free for your listeners, but before I tell you about that, you know, today's a really good day to start right now with whatever you need to start with. It may not be your health or weight loss. It might be something else, but no matter, this is the day to start because consistency compounds, small actions over time create tremendous change. I think we underestimate the power of just starting and showing up every single day to get better than the day before. This is the day to start that thing, fail forward, do it bad, perfect, and know there's a space for you. Somebody wants you to walk through whatever journey or struggle you're thinking you need to walk through because you're going to be an encouragement for them on the other side. I could have never guessed when I was getting ready to give up my shame and my secret that it was going to be a platform that I built a message on to try and change the world and change how people think about food. What a beautiful gift you were given. (sighs) Right? Yes. Now. Yeah. We look at them now, like we were talking earlier about car accidents, about your journey with uh, eating and, you know, other things we've gone through. We didn't ask for those things. We thought they were horrible when we were going through them. And yes, they were. And Mm -hmm. they do lasting results. However, we can teach somebody else. We can transform ourselves first and then teach other people that there is more to life than what we're miserable about or going through or having to deny ourselves a piece of cake. That's right. And they say your blessings are in your burdens. And it, that can be one of the most comforting things that you can tell yourself when you're going through a struggle. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So do you have a quote or a famous saying that you would like to share with us? Yes. Do you know what I love? Is decide what it is you need most in this world and go do that. And it's by John Maxwell. And that has been a foundation of everything that I have done. Fantastic. Now, Suzanne, when your episode is, is put up on the website and on all the different social media places that it will get put, I will have all your contact information in there. And listeners, I really urge you to get in touch with Suzanne. Get wow. in touch with her and find out what this is all about. I know I'm going to. So I have seven free days of SOS for your listeners. All they need to do is go to one80.com, carpenter180.com, sign up for seven free days SOS. And then for your community, if they put Teresa in the checkout code, you'll see the coupon code is what I meant to say. I'm going to send them a bunch of different grocery lists to help streamline what they're buying. So it makes sense, makes it easy. It's not like that 17 page grocery list that none of us ever look at. It's for real. What do you take to the grocery store? If I go to Trader Joe's, what should I get? If I'm in Costco, what would be good to get? That way you're not spending extra time thinking or trying to decide, nor money on things that aren't going to serve you as well. So I'm just going to send those lists off to try and help. That's fantastic. Thank you, Suzanne. I really do appreciate that. And listeners, you better take advantage of that one because that one we all need help with, don't we? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Suzanne, for being such a great guest today. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you again. And listeners, 
get in touch with Suzanne. She knows her stuff. And we will see you again next time on Powering Through Life. Well, Davis, that brings to a close another great, inspiring interview on Powering Through Life. Thank you to my incredible guests for sharing your story with us. Divas, if you would like to connect with my guests, just go to divasatcare.com, click on my picture at the top, that's Teresa Sims, and there you can access all of my interviews. Don't be shy, reach out if you have any questions, or simply just leave us a comment. Also, you can contact me at my website, that's teresasims.com. Thank you for listening to Powering Through Life on the Divas That Care Network. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.